Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Lots of drama on the planet, but um, in that, in the squeeze of that turmoil, um, and typically in the uh, the birthing of the church, even if, even in those times, uh, the persecution, a lot of great work got done, and a lot of people got saved, and a lot of churches were planted. And um, let's believe that the glass is half full, amen, and that Jesus. He's still on the throne and still in control, amen? And, uh, and he is. Because, you know, you could get, I heard someone say, oh, I can't, I'm going to fast off Facebook. Uh, it's getting to me, you know, all the bad news. But, you know, there is some bad news there, but it's really the heads up of what's happening. But you've got to offset it with the good news, absolutely. So um, I'm hoping you're doing that. I'm hoping you're in your Bible, you're praying and you're getting the mind of Christ because he's got an action plan. He's got a good plan, amen? And, uh, and, and it's, gonna, uh, it's going to do, I believe, great things through the church, ordinary believers, people like you and I, and I want to talk about that tonight. Is that cool? I think, I think one, of my main, um, one of my main passions is to revive people of God out of just this mere Christianity of... You know, I've been going to church since the 80s, I guess, and, um, and I saw a lot of people just fall into a domesticated version of Christianity, uh, and I think it's far bigger and far more important than that. I think it's far more dramatic than that, and I think, I definitely, I think we should be absolutely on the front foot, pursuing God, pressing in towards God, worshiping Him, living our best life being the light, being the salt to the earth, amen? And so when you're like that, people take notice. I don't think people take notice of um, people that are just doing religion or nice intentions towards God. I mean, that's fine, but it's those people that are rising up all over the planet, especially the young people. And my generation is, you know, holding its own too. We're doing our best. And um, we're, not, we're not dissipating, and I believe there's no retirement, there's refiring, not retirement. And uh, isn't that right, Neil? There's no retirement. What's retirement? Gee whiz, hook a caravan up, be a grey nomad, and uh, travel around, hang around in a caravan park, and I uh, could get a caravan park saved, I guess, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but life's more dramatic, life's more adventurous. Life is more uh, purposeful than that. You have a purpose. Uh, and what I want to talk about, and the message that we've been talking about for a, for a while now, is the breakthrough message. And it's breaking you out of your circumstance of life. Maybe you're downtrod, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're broke, maybe you can't get a job, maybe you're single, maybe you're sick. Uh, whatever that thing is, you know, the breakthrough anointing can come on you and break you out into a whole new day. And you can be, man, you can be leaps and bounds ahead of the rest if that happens to you. So, 
you know, God can do that. He can, he can come and cancel your debt and He can, you know, anoint you and, uh, man, you can win 5-1 like our soccer team <laughs> did yesterday. And uh, isn't that great news? And um, so you, for those people who are in the house, you're visiting, you've not been to a church before, we believe in Jesus. We believe He's the way, the truth, the life. Amen. And uh, there's no other way to God except through Jesus. He paid that, you know, passionate price on the cross for us. And uh, because of that passion that he expressed on the cross for you and I, not just for, you know, humanity on a whole, but he did, but for you, even if it was just you on the planet, uh, we do well to, you know, listen up and hear what God has got to say through his son, and through the Word of God, and we're desperately trying to do that, Marty. We're desperately trying to hear what God is saying right now, in fact. So church, uh, just to give you the heads up again, if you're visiting, we're not playing church. We're not just speaking about stories that probably, you know, are great and awesome, but they don't have a bearing on your life right now. We hope that what we say and do and are is integral and authentic to where you are living your life right now, Amen. So we're not playing religion, we're not doing that, we're, we're sincerely being brutally honest with God, with ourselves, but with others in the sense that we're trying to desperately, as Julie said this morning, powerful message, Pastor Jules, uh, the podcast is going to be awesome on that, trying, uh, you know, when God said to Adam and Eve, where are you? When they sinned, they ate from the tree of the garden, that was uh, the forbidden fruit, they weren't supposed to do that. They sinned, they disobeyed God, and they found themselves hiding from God because they had intimacy with God. Now they're hiding from God, and God said, where are you? And listen to me right here, because I need to preach my message. I think there's a lot of people coming, going to come out of hiding. Yeah, come they're going to come out of hiding. And they're, 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 they're surrounding sports fields, they're, 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 they're worshipping the God of the ball, uh, and um, <laughs> they're, 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 they're in their career, they've got beautiful houses maybe, and then there's people that are just hanging out in the depravity of life. They're busted, they're broke, they're disheartened, they're dejected, they're rejected, and they're just crumpled in a heap. They need you to get on fire for God and live your best life. They need this message of hope. They need the gospel. They truly do. And, uh, and that's what we're about. We're a little mini, not mini, but we're a revolution. Um, you know, not for the sake of being radicals, but we are going against the tide of humanity. Humanity is going that way, falling off a cliff as someone had this amazing, who's that in our church, had that amazing uh, vision cam of people falling off the edge and uh, that was amazing. Who was that? I don't know. And, and they had literally, that's Ra. Ra had that full-blown vision. And uh, Ra's one of our great young men, and he had a full-blown vision of humanity falling off a cliff into, into you know, lostness, into the pit, obviously. And it was his job to rescue them. And so you've got a guy like Ra who's very impassioned about the church and the gospel and, and wanting to rescue people. So it is about a rescue plan. And so, okay, so who's that for, Pastor Phil? Is that for the unique? Is that for the brave? Is that for the confident, the talented, the good-looking? No, it's for ordinary people. It's for everyone. Everyone 
can be engaged in this. And I want to tell you a few stories in the Bible that talks about ordinary people and how God used them extraordinarily, supernaturally, and how they got a great work done in that. So I'm not, hopefully I'm not going to go too long tonight, but I pray at the end of this that you will look at what you have, meaning that what you might think you have is nothing and you just don't want to even present it to God, let alone anyone else, and you just want to live a normal life, but I'm saying what you have is enough to set the world ablaze for God, and I need to prove that. So give the Lord a hand right there. I want to back it up a little bit, and I want to speak about the breakthrough, just a couple of little pointing little statements I've been making in the weeks previous. And I'm loving this message of the breakthrough, the breakthrough. And I talked about some keys, and uh, let me just go back there. So we talk about faith as born-again believers, and I want to talk about that. That's one of the key ways that we live our life by. But I talked about this subject, and I think this was last week, in fact, consider God, not circumstances. And I talked about things like he's bigger than any obstacle. He already has a way. He's working behind the scenes. These are the statements I was making. What he promised will come to pass at the right time. And I talked about, don't get discouraged. It might take a bit of time, but don't get discouraged. Don't complain. Don't start whinging. Have that unshakable confidence that God is going to come and do a great thing. And I talked about the scripture in Acts 20, verse 24, and it goes like this. The apostle Paul, he says he's on a journey. He's birthing the church. He's doing great things in the early days of the birthing of the church. And there's this scripture, and he says this, none of these things move me. None of these circumstances move me. What people say about me, the negative things, all the discouraging things, the calamity, the shipwrecks, the, the, he got bitten by a snake, he's been whipped, he's been beaten, he's been abandoned. He says, none of that deters me. I still believe God is for me, and if God's for me, praise God. I believe that he's basically saying, I believe the promises are yes and amen, and I believe that God has the final say. That was the Apostle Paul's mindset. Just an awesome, then I talked about another key, and we talked about unshakable faith. This unshakable faith, despite what circumstances you're going through, no matter what's coming against you, still you're rock solid. You're not getting frustrated. You're not getting discontent. You believe that God's at the, you know, Jesus at the right hand of the Father. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. He's going to come. It shall be done. God can do it. Amen. And we talked about Abraham. And Abraham was given a promise. You know that. And he's about near 100 years of age. And Sarah the same. And God comes to him. He said, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a child. And Sarah actually laughs at this. Me have a child. I'm 90. Give me a break. And uh, she's chuckling to herself. And God's, you know, this angel saying, you're going to have a child. And, uh, and Abraham says, yeah, whatever, God. If, if you said it, I believe it. Amen. And so the scripture in Romans 4.20 says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief. And this is the sort of mind, this is the sort of resolve I believe that we need in this 21st century in the times in which we live. And again, Romans 4:20, 20, 21 says it like this: You did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power 
to do what he had promised. So I don't know how this guy does it. I mean, maybe just a glimmer of hope, but no, he is fully persuaded. He has absolute hope that God can do what he said he would do. Romans 4.19 says it like this, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, dead too. So, you know, again, unshakable faith is not looking at your circumstances all the time. It's not looking and pondering and rehearsing and talking about it. It's literally saying, yes, I see the report, the doctor's report, the financial report. I see the report, but there's a higher report. Whose report are you going to believe? Amen. It's the report of the Lord, and that's where we believe in God who can intervene and do a great work in our life, in the natural. Who believes God is supernatural? Who believes he can intervene and bless people and heal people? We're praying for Meg out here. She's got another bad health report. Right, we bring her out here this morning on the altar, and we pray in Jesus' name. We are praying, dear God, yes, the doctors said this, the circumstances say that, but we believe of a divine intervention in her life. And that's, a, that's an unshakable faith that we have that God can heal. And the saints say, Amen. and then of course, this message is about being confident in what you have. And I, I, it's so easy to focus on what you don't have. And people often say this, I don't have the talent, the education, the personality. Uh, and they just sell themselves short. They say, I'm lacking and, uh, and once you go into that sort of mindset, it's very hard for God to do anything in your life, amen? If you're constantly saying, I don't have enough, uh, this is useless, what, you know, I can't get that job, you know, they're going to just look and see that I'm, you know. No, if you, have, if you have that sort of mindset, it's very hard for God to do anything in your life. So I had this statement, Mike Berry Every person, he says, has the talent, ah, has the talent and capability to change the world. What's usually lacking is the belief that they can. So every person has talent and ability, but he's saying usually what's lacking is the ability to believe that they can make a difference. Another statement, Bill Hybels, he says, God made you for a purpose. I love that. God made you for a purpose. He's a God of purpose. He's a, he didn't make you, oh, just look... Yeah, send one of these down, you know, just goof off down there. Yeah, just around the central coast. Yeah, just send him there, just send him there. You can just, just hang around there. Just, yeah. Oh, we got another one coming through. Like, oh, you know, what to do with this one? I'll send him down there, you know. Send him to Budgie War. He just, you know. No, no, God's got so much more for you than that. God made you for a purpose on purpose. Here's the other statement. It's not enough just to have faith in God. You gotta have faith in what he's given you. When he breathed life into you, he gave you all that you need for your destiny, amen? He gave you everything that you need. You have to believe this, guys, that he's equipped you, he's empowered you, say equipped. He's empowered you, you have the talent, you have the resources, you have the personality. Everything you have, you have to fulfill your destiny. Here's the key. You don't need a lot of talent. You have exactly what you need if you will use what God has given you. Amen? If you'll use it, God can multiply it 
and God can get you to that place, amen? And um, I've learned this, that it's not necessarily the amount of talent, the amount of education, or the amount of money. What makes the difference is the anointing. 1 John 2, 27. As for you, the anointing. Okay, so some people might understand that. The anointing is the power of God. It's the Spirit of God coming on a person, enabling them to, to, to even read their Bible, to pray, to live the life as a Christian. It's the anointing that empowers us to have the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, to live the life, to have words of knowledge, to have the gifts of faith, prophecy, words of knowledge, amen? It's the anointing that allows you to live this supernatural life. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. You can have average talent. You can have average talent, but if God breathes on you, you can do exceptionally well, amen? Exceptionally well. Check out Samson, and we won't go there for the sake of time, but if you look at the story of Samson, He's stuck, he's, he's been surrounded by a thousand Philistines. He's looking around, he's going, oh my God, I wish I had something, a sword, a shield, uh, give me a break, you know, just my luck, nothing around, oh, what's that? A jawbone of an ass, a jawbone of a donkey. He picks up a dry jawbone of a donkey, he picks it up, just an ordinary jawbone, and he begins in the anointing to attack the enemy. Well, the Bible says he took out a thousand Philistines. He took out a thousand people with a jawbone of an ass. Wasn't a fancy sword, wasn't a fancy shield, wasn't a machine gun. It was just a jawbone. God can use just simple things like this. God, you know, God's amazing. With the anointing on our life, he can use those simple things that you have in your life, the talent, the giftedness, these things that go, oh man, I, you know, I couldn't be like Luke Boyd, you know, I couldn't get up there and pray and, you know, but you have what you have and you've been given what you've been given. And with the anointing, if you give it to God, if you give that jawbone of an ass to God and say, God, this is all I got, you got to help me right now, bang, you're going to take out a thousand Philistines, you know, and you're going to find yourself somewhere where you couldn't get to unless God was with you and for you. Amen? This is amazing stuff because we have this mindset that you've got to be this fancy pants, you know, awesome. You know, the world teaches us that we've got to be good looking. We've got to be the right height, the right nationality, the right this, the right that. You've got to have this beautiful package, you know, but you don't. You've got to just have God on your side. So it was small, it was ordinary, Samson, he didn't dismiss it. He picked it up. See, that's what people do. They dismiss their giftedness. How many people, Neil Joseph, at school, they draw amazingly, and we, as students, look up, go, oh, that's awesome. Then we run, you know, in primary school, say. Then we run into them in high school, and we go, man, are you still drawing? You're a phenomenal. Oh, no, I just left that. I'm not drawing anymore. What do you mean? What happened? Maybe someone criticized me. I don't know. But they gave up. They lost their confidence. They lost their confidence to continue with that small gift, just that small gift that they had. God, 
Once God breathes on you, it's a whole different new day. Don't ever say, I don't have the strength, I don't have the looks, I'm not tall enough, or I'm too short, I'm too young, I'm too old. Zip it and declare, I'm anointed, I'm strong enough, I'm equipped, I'm empowered, I am the right size, I am the right nationality, I will meet the right person, I have the right amount of talent, I can do it. Let's have a look at the next story. You know the story, the fish and the bread. We've already uh, alluded to that uh, tonight. The Bible tells us about Jesus. He's preaching to thousands of people, and they're now in a desolate place and an isolated place, and the disciples say, Jesus, we've got to feed these people. And Jesus says to the disciples, you feed them. The disciples say, he's asking something impossible. There's no coals, there's no woolers. There's no Aldi, there's no, nothing like that. How are we going to do this? Jesus is just standing in the wings. He's just waiting to have their little pity party and, uh, and they virtually come back. Jesus, we just don't see a way out of it. But we do have this little boy's lunch. We do have this little boy's lunch. It's, uh, you know, a couple of loaves, a couple of fish. That's all we got. He says, I was waiting for that. Just give me what you got. God will never ask you for something you don't have. And he'll never ask you to do something you can't do. It's like me going into ministry. I can't do that. Man, I haven't got the confidence. I haven't got the talent. I haven't got the experience. I haven't even been to Bible college hardly. What are you saying, God? Is it you over now? You over that? I'm not asking you to give, you, give me something you haven't got. Just give me what you got. So they gave him the fishes and the loaves. And you know the story. He anoints it, he gives it to the Father, Father God, blessed, bang, 5,000 people are fed. 5,000 people out of a little, ordinary little boy's lunch. What are we holding back from God, I wonder? What are we holding back? Oh, this is all I got, I wouldn't give it to C. How could I give this to C3 Tugra? This little gift here, man, what, what are they going to do? They're going to laugh at me, you know, when, you know, all these great people like Colin at the desk and people and uh, all these great people, you know, what could I give? What could I do? What could, you know, what have I got to, no, just give what you got. Colin said that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Just give, give what you have, God, and in doing that, God can multiply it. Just give me that little bit of confidence. Give me that little bit of talent. Give me those three chords that you know on the guitar and we'll put you up there and we'll lay hands on you and see what God can do in you. That's what the world's doing. They've got three chords. I mean, the whole punk scene in the mid-70s started on three chords. We had bands like, yes, progressive art rock. They're just most complicated music ever. And then you had these young upstarts coming with three chords, boom, banging away, Sid Vicious and... The damned and the stranglers and <laughs> shocking names of bands, aren't they? He can multiply it. Still, people say, I've got a big problem. But you know what? God's a God of big resources. The Bible says, The world, <laughs> the earth is His and everything in it, and the world and all who live in it. You got big problems? God's a big God. He can deal with it. He can deal with it. Man, you don't know my problems. You don't know my debt. You don't know my, 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 my stuff. 
God's a big God. That's one of our huge theological statements that we can get a handle on and resolve into our life. The enemy may be powerful, but God is all-powerful. The obstacle may be high, but our God is most high. God's not looking for super talented people. He's looking for ordinary people who will take the limits off him so he can show his goodness in extraordinary ways. Be confident in what you have. Let's have a look, a quick look at David's story. King David, young David, shepherd boy. He goes up to his brothers. He's a shepherd boy, David, 17, thereabouts. He goes up to give his brothers some lunch. And he realizes there's a battle, there's a standoff. Goliath, eight, nine foot tall giant. He's been to, been to school, what, what, he's got armor on, he's been to military, military school, fully experienced warrior, cussing out God's army, including David's brothers who were standing on the edge of this valley going, shaking in their boots, looking at Goliath, saying, I, I don't want to go there. Literally, thousands of them just saying, we're not going down there with that, to that guy. He's, he's, he's trouble. He's too, too big for us. David, young boy, he's over, already had an experience of the lion, the bear, and God's helped him in that, those small battles, big battles. <laughs> and he says, well, what's this guy cussing us? Why are you letting this guy cuss, cuss you out for? Picks up his slingshot, five smooth, smooth stones, doesn't look real great. Goliath's looking. David, have you had to take a look at yourself lately? You're coming against me. You, you're really, you're really going to give it a shot, are you? David, he just takes off after this Goliath. He literally takes off after him. He doesn't sneak up on him as you think you'd imagine you'd have to. Let's sneak up on this guy because, no, he just says, I know my God. Slingshot, five stones, all good. One stone, racing towards him, takes him out. Boom, the giant. Becomes a national hero overnight. Goes to a whole new level overnight because he trusted in his God. Just an ordinary slingshot. Couple of stones. Couple of smooth stones. Didn't have big swords, big armor. Didn't have any of that. Hadn't been to military school didn't have this stuff, just, just had this faith in God, trust in God, amen? Yeah. I love these stories, they, they really excite me. God used a simple slingshot to thrust David to a new level of his destiny. My question, are you overlooking something small, something ordinary that God has given you? Are you sitting back thinking, I don't, I don't have the talent, the education. I don't know the right people. Can I say to you, you have exactly what you need. It may be small, but when you take these steps of faith, God will do it for you in Jesus' name. John 20 verse 19 says it this, and it is about God breathing on us. When we're, when we're saved, God breathes on us. It's the anointing. So tonight, Maybe you want to give your life to the Lord and you just say, God, yeah, I, I'm, I, I choose to believe in Jesus tonight. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you'll do this tonight. That's what we've done. We're not, we're not again, joined so much a, a, a religious 
sort of movement, but we've, we've, we've begun a relationship with God. We're journeying with Him in His presence. We feel Him. We experience Him. We call it experiential faith. We walk with Him. Yes, the church is an organized place where we pull a team together, just like our soccer team pull together, and they play different, you know, in different positions, and they score goals. That's how it's done, isn't it? Is that what you did yesterday? Everyone played in their rightful order, and they pulled their heads in because they've had a few scrappy games of late. Is that right? <laughs> and, uh, and they played, and they won, and that's what church is. We're we're C3 Hotspurs, uh, uh, you know, kingdom, kingdom God people, man. That's what we're scoring goals for Jesus. We believe we're going to score goals for him. That we're going to represent the Central Coast. Amen. And, and we're scoring against the enemy, man. We're scoring goals all the time. We're healing people, saving people, discipling people. We're scoring goals all the time. But we do that as an organized people of God. Amen. Yeah, sure. That's what we do. That's why we have church. But tonight, you might say, you know what, I... I, I yeah, I could join that team. You might want to join, be on the team straight on. I mean, with a jersey and center forward scoring goals. But you might say, man, I'll, I'll just cut the oranges. That'll do me, man. I'll just come watch it, in fact. And you can do that, amen? You can do that. No, but eventually you say, yeah, no, give me one of those jerseys, man. I want to go on. Put me, you know, where's the prayer? Where's, what do you want me to do? Be at the door? What do you want me to do? Serve here, serve there? That's, that's what we do, Amen? But people say, oh, what could, you know, you know, I couldn't play for C3. They're too good. Look at all these guys. Oh, these sharp shooters. Million dollar contracts a year. <laughs> no, we're all ordinary believers. And God has anointed us on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together. John 20 verse 19, where the doors were locked for fear. Of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you, C3. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happened to me. I didn't have much talent, much confidence. I didn't have much ability, much experience in God. But God breathed on me. God anointed me. And as I began to take these steps and stop the whining and complaining and having the pity parties, the anointing came upon me. And I became confident to walk in this anointing and to walk in the purpose of God. And I felt I'm called now. I'm called to this planet. I'm not just goofing off here. I'm not just somebody just taking up time and, you know, I, I'm, I'm living for a reason. I'm, I'm living to help those uh, Iraq people. I'm, I'm living for the Ira Iranian people. I'm living to pray for them. I'm praying for the coast. I'm praying for the people. Four lepers. Here's another story. Four lepers are, are, are being, they're being perched out the city gates and God's people are in, within the city gates they're starving because this enemy has, has stopped their food line and water supply, and they're literally going to perish. The, um, the four lepers, they're being ostracized already from the people. They're not allowed to go near them. Otherwise, they, it's a law. They'll, you know. So they say, look, we're dead here. 
we go in, they'll kill us, we stay here, we'll die. They say, why don't we just go to that camp, all this enemy are down the road, camping, waiting for God's people to be perilously close to death and they're going to march in, overthrow God's people, take them out. And one of these guys said, you know what? Might have been a guy like Ryan. I bet it was a guy like Ryan that said, Ryan Connor, there he is. He said, you know what? If we stay here, we're going to die. If we go in there, they're going to kill us. And if we, you know, they're going to, why don't we? Why don't we just go to the enemy's camp and see what happens? They didn't say, my God's for me. My God's with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's do this, four lepers. Let's go. They didn't do that. They just had this little faith. They just had this little, little faith thing happening. They just said, you know what? What do you reckon? Do you, just get us go. Let's just go there. You know, it's like Bruce Willis on steroids. Just go, let's do this. And, you know, guess what happened? The Bible says that as they were walking to the enemy's camp, have you got the scripture? Thank you, Mel. About the, let her dig it up. And what happened, the steps, the simple steps, the quiet steps, the uninfluential steps of the four lepers became like a crunching army sound. Thousands of this army freaked out and literally didn't even have time to bundle their camp up and pack it up and put all their possessions away. They literally, the Bible says, they just took off. When the four lepers got to the camp, no one's there. They're checking the tents out. No one's in the tents, around the tents. They go in the tents. There's gold, there's food. There's stuff, there's stuff, there's stuff. They're starting to, now there was four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? Why stay in this life? Why stay here? Why stay in my little, my little life here? Let's, with faith, go. Let's do what we're called to do. And the Bible says, and if we say we'll go to the city, the famine is there, so we'll die. And if we stay there, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. And if they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Yes, go. Keep going if you can. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great <laughs> army so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. This enemy fled and these four lepers turned up at the camp and it's fully laden with silver, gold, food, water, everything. They started to bury it and hide it. So let's keep this to ourselves. They go, hang on, what are we doing? No, there's more than enough. They were able to save themselves and they were able to save their city as well. Four lepers. Is anyone here worse than that? Got worse things than lep leprosy? I hope so. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. Ra's got one finger. See, God made them influential, and God can make us look how He wants us to look to all the people out there. You think, look at me, I've got no, 
no personality. Oh, my hair, can't do anything with it. Oh, yeah, my fit. With, you know, I've always wanted that six-pack. It's not happening. I wanted, to have, I wanted to be confident. I wanted to have a swagger. I wanted to go into that job interview with confidence. But I just feel, no, just go to that job interview. And with the anointing on you, stop whinging. Zip it up. Stop putting yourself down. Go into that interview. Go and say, you know what? This is me. This is all of me. And I rock. And I'm anointed. And I deserve this job. And you know what? God will make those people see you the way he wants them to see you. Just like God made those at army see the four lepers the way he wanted to see them. God can do this. Father God, we just pray right now. Dear God, I just forgive us, Lord God. We're going to have the band here. Moses, Moses got started to get discouraged. He's leading God's people out across the desert. And he said, oh, they're whinging, they're complaining. What am I to do? I've got nothing to help these people with. God says, what do you got in your hand? Oh, just, just the stick I found. I go bushwalking, I've got my stick, my favorite stick, I walk with it. God, just the stick, what do you want with that? He said, throw it on the ground. Boom, becomes a snake. Yeah. See, God's saying, if I want to turn that into a key to open something, I can turn it into a key. I, I can turn it into a sword if I want. I can turn it into anything I want. Just give me what you got. Just give me what you got, C3. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father in heaven, we give you what we have. Forgive us, Lord God, that we've not given you what we have. You have the talent, the confidence, the strength. You have the creativity. Isaiah 14, 24 says, The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I've purposed, so it will happen. Lord, help us to take these small steps of faith, believing that you've equipped us, believing that, Lord God, you can give us that confidence, believing that, Lord God, you can make all the difference if we submit to you. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, not by all this wonderful inflated ego and rah, rah, rah. It's, it's, it's all about the Spirit. But by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. The Bible says you just need little faith, not great faith. Matthew 17, 20 says, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. I've only got little faith, Lord. Great. I can move a mountain with that. Give me that faith. Give it to me right now. Lord, we give you our faith. We give you our faith in you. Lord, we, we give you our talent. We give you our confidence. But my confidence is not very big, Lord. Just give me what you have. I give you my ability, but my ability, Lord, is not, not great. It's, 
not like some of the people I know, but give me that ability and I can anoint it. Put your hand in the hand of the one who stills the water. <laughs> and he can, he can rock, you can set this world alight for Jesus. He's not looking for special superheroes. He's not looking for super ordinary. He, he's looking for ordinary people like you and I. Have you got a jawbone of an ass maybe? Have you got a couple of fish, a couple of loaves maybe? You got a slingshot, five smooth stones. Have you just have you just just got a walk? Is that all you can do? Man, he can use that walk. He can use anything you give him. Father, I give you, I give you all that I am. I give you all that I am and all that I'm meant to be. I, I want to realize my best days. Lord, breathe into my life. Anoint me. You said, Lord, that you have anointed me to live a most extraordinary life. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.